Daniel and I have been getting really into the John Cena soundtrack, and we, like, fake WWE smash each other. In real life? Like, you run into each other? Not in real life, but, like, the other night I was sitting on the couch, and Daniel came over and, like, grabbed my head and, like, mimed flipping me over his shoulder. He actually didn't. But he was like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yep. and then he tripped the other day, and then I was like, Daniel, let me help you up. But then I was like, bitch, <laughs> like my elbow. <laughs> Good old elbow shot. We right. like tap it before going in. In other news, we've entered our spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> Levels are even. Yep. We are climbing altitude. Here we go. Thrusters engage. Um. <laughs> oh, never mind. Throw oh, it up. But yeah, that's what you get for living in a city and paying way too much money for it. Still going. That must be the garbage truck. Is it Wednesday? Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, it's garbage. Fuck. <laughs> Maybe we should be like, how long are you gonna be? Oi, oi, come you. on, can we move it up? You that? You work for the city, right? <laughs> I'm complaining. What's your company number? What's your employee number? What's your name? What's your supervisor? No, I'll wait. I'll wait. So, I also was a butthead, and this is a re-recording. I'm just gonna shame myself. Oh, you're gonna it's, call it? It's going well. How many times have we re-recorded episodes? We probably shouldn't tell that number. No, because it is too high. <laughs> Our original recording, we thought went really well. Listen to it after. Turns out not so good. Sucked. It was pretty bad. Sounded like... Yeah, and it was just like I was rubbing the microphone against carpet or something. <laughs> While I was trying to talk in the background. Yeah, and then I tried to edit it and make it better, and it just made our voices be like... <laughs> and I was just like, um, so we're going to need to re-record an episode. This is episode three. Here we are. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's just crack on. We've already talked about John Senior. Your week's good. My week's great. My week's good. It's great. Let's just get to it. <laughs> just dive right in. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Take it away, Ruby. You want me to go? Yeah, you go. Okay, I'll go. Yeah, really sorry that our reactions aren't going to be that organic. We can fake it. We can try. We can fake it. So I'm going to be <laughs> doing... <laughs> what? <laughs> so you never guess what I'm doing this week. I actually didn't, don't remember what you did. Oh, okay, rude. I'm doing Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, right! I could see it was that impactful on your life. <laughs> huh. I love that movie. Have you seen it? No. Hmm. Surprising. <laughs> cool, so yeah, I'm doing the Grand Budapest Hotel. I never would have guessed. second time. Let's do it. So it's directed by Wes Anderson. Yep, okay, nothing to comment on that. Uh, in the 1930s, the Grand Budapest Hotel is a popular European ski resort is looked after by the concierge Gustav H. and Zero, a junior lobby boy, who becomes Gustav's friend and protege. Gustav prides himself on providing first-class services to the hotel guests, including satisfying the sexual needs of many elderly women who stay there. When one of Gustav's lovers dies, mysteriously, he inherits... Yes, the moonlight. A painting. Oh, a painting. And then becomes the chief... Suspect in the murder mystery. <gasps> the plot thickens. Mm-hmm. Also, it pays to be the concierge. I mean, if you're giving out sexual favors to elderly rich women, I guess. Yeah, true. Okay, so I'm going to be focusing on his 
dead old lover, Madame D, played by Tilda Swinton. Were you yawning? You yawned without opening your mouth. I saw that happen. I get it, okay? I get it. This is a re-recording, but you could at least try. I need coffee. Me too. Should we pause for coffee? We probably should. I have nasty cafe. Hi, we're back after a really long break. Buffy <laughs> didn't take a nap. No. We, no, just had multiple coffee. <laughs> we just had coffees. Okay. okay. Oh. Oh. Here we go. Try not to yawn. <laughs> no promises. Let me spice up your content. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. As I was saying, I told you all about it. You know, Grandpa Best Hotel. Wes Anderson. Love him. Madame D. Played by Tilda Swinton. That's what we're focusing on. Mm Mm-hmm. Copy that. Do you know this makeup? Yes, you do. Because we've done this before. (laughs) So, about the artists. Francis Hannon. Was the makeup department and stop laughing at me. <laughs> and Mark Coulier was the prosthetic designer for the look. So they both worked in partnership. Frances Hannon is BBC trained British makeup artist who has been a personal to Bill Murray for many moons and who has just worked on Wes Anderson's latest film, The French Dispatch, as well as a handful of Wes Anderson's past films too. Mm. She is the woman. She's the man. What's that song that's like? She's a man eater. Make you no. No, that's a good one though. Isn't it in Mrs. Doubtfire when he's walking around? Could have been a lady. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. She's great. She's got a good career. And then Mark Coulier, what I'm again so scared to pronounce, is a British, also a British makeup artist. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he won his first Oscar for The Iron Lady in 2011, turning Meryl Streep into Margaret Thatcher. Twice Margaret Thatcher's been mentioned today, but only once on this podcast. Listen on to find out more. (laughs) Lord. He worked on multiple Harry Potters, the Bohemian Rhapsody film, the list goes on, and he also did Tilda Swinton's Makeup in Suspiria, what is a really fucking wild film. Oh, interesting. Have you seen it? I don't like to reveal too much information about myself on these podcasts. Interesting. So we'll leave it up to the imagination. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Each to their own, I guess. It's a really good film, but it made me feel physically sick. But it's because it's just really well done. Dakota Johnson's in it, too. Which one's that again? She was a Fifty Shades of Grey woman. Oh, right. Mm. Mad respect. I actually watched an interview for, with her recently, and she her dress like kind of came undone as she was accepting an award for something or presenting an award. I can't remember. And she was like, oh, no, my dress nearly broke, and you would have all seen my boobs, but we've all seen them here anyway. Just like oh. a room of, like, a couple thousand people. She's like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but this isn't about Suspiria. This is about Grand Budapest Hotel. So, both artists have a very extensive, impressive credit list. They're both makeup icons. You went from yawning to laughing. <laughs> when will the walking end? Okay, so uh, Hannon and Coulier won the 2015 Achievement in Makeup and Hairstyling Oscar for their work on the Grand Budapest Hotel at the 87th Academy Award. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, I'll show you up. <laughs> um, Mark Coulier, in his acceptance speech, thanked Dick Smith for his generosity and innovation as Dick Smith had passed away last year. The film Aww. also won. Mm-hmm, the film also won for costume, production design, and music. So they they took the cake. They cleaned up. Yeah, and just to go on, like Mark Coulier's comment about Dick Smith. Dick Smith was 
insanely generous with his facts and knowledge and was so intrigued and wanted to educate people on the world of makeup and prosthetics and he was learning stuff and passing on that knowledge for free for a very long time in a world where it wasn't accept like people didn't do that yeah it's still I think trial like and error dick smith was one of the first makeup artists to openly answer questions about how you do things like sculpting and molding and different materials that he used and he was like more than happy to come up with that because at the time it was really competitive and people felt that if you gave away your secrets then someone else would learn how to do it better and then you wouldn't get hired again whereas dick smith was more like there's enough jobs for everybody everybody deserves to learn he was an absolute legend very generous man Okay, so Tilda Swinton's look, they had to make her look 30 to 40 years older um, to transform her into Madame D. So Marculia made 11 silicone pieces that were placed on Swinton's cheeks, chin, neck, hands, arms, nose, and earlobes, creating an aged look that was both exaggerated and believable. (laughs) I love that they put prosthetics on her earlobes. Me too. That's where I would want them. Necessary. Very. It took almost eight weeks for Marc Coulier to sculpt and mold the prosthetics needed. This took place in his workshop in England. Oh. Eight weeks. Fuck yeah. I have no comment other than that. <laughs> <laughs> Hannon then used five wig pieces to add a towering layer cake of gray hair. I love that you call it a layer cake. Yep, yeah, of gray wig hairs I all just meshed together. Picture them just stacking them on one after the other. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly smaller as they go up. Like a nice Victoria sponge. Exactly. And two long triangles of nape hair at the bottom of her neck to elongate the silhouette figure. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they try to do that and manipulate that with hair. To quote from Hannah, and she said, If I had used a French bob with her dress and those prosthetics, her head would have had looked like a little pea. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Can't have that. For the makeup applied on top of the prosthetics and paintwork, Hannah wanted to look like this character never goes without her lipstick but she doesn't look in the mirror to apply it. It's slightly wonky and overdone. She also added a touch of blue on the lids and a little too much rouge on the cheeks. And I think the blue really adds the character's age. Like, it's that very pale, like, blue kind of color, and it goes, like, a bit too high. And the lips are, like, wonky, but it really suits, like, Wes Anderson's style. And And also the character style. Yeah, like, her eyesight. She's a bit tacky, almost. Well, she's, like, wealthy, but if she's still trying to make herself look young, I guess, with that lip. But it's, like, wonky and not perfect because her eyes are glazed. She's old. Yeah, and the color's a bit too bright. She's just like, what's the brightest red you have? Yeah. That's what I will have. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was also like a comedic film, yeah. so it works. And yeah. it wasn't done to a level that was too comedic. It wasn't overly done. It's just subtle. Yeah. I like that. And you said, it's just subtle. And I put these lavish in my, <laughs> in my notes. Or not. Or these not. lavish editions of slight comedic makeup played well into the genre of film. But we already mentioned that. Uh, so overall, Swinton sat in the chair for a five-hour application and a five-hour removal. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. But all her scenes were done in two days. That's nice that it was filmed over two days. I'm a not fan of removal. Yeah. I despise removal, in fact. So the fact that it took five hours, that just blows my mind. Mm -hmm. I'd be ripping them off. Not her, but myself. (laughs) I wouldn't be ripping the prosthetics off Tilda Swinton. I'm not worthy of Tilda Swinton. Yes, you are. I I feel like she would be such a beautiful person to work with. And as long as you helped her get into character and you did your job. She st- she does seem pretty chill. You are more than capable to do that. Oh, I mean, good. don't get me wrong, crazy insane makeup, I would shit myself and I wouldn't sleep for like five nights if I had to do that makeup. But Buffy, you can do anything. How kind. Mm-hmm. So when they went to set 
And they were, well, when they did the makeup test, sorry. They were like, where's Anderson? What do you think? Here she is. She's old. Here she is. (laughs) She's eccentric. She's beautiful. Look at my silicone. Um, The only pointer or the only thing he wanted changing was more liver spots. Otherwise, he absolutely loved it. And apparently, uh, Wes Anderson is known for not liking finals. A little bit rude. Um, (laughs) Shade. That's fine. He wants the makeup and hair artist to have contact with the actors as little as possible so they can stay in the zone. Mm. Something I found really sweet, though, what Swinton said, that being a part of this film was like attending the best fancy dress party. Aww. I know. That's really nice. It would be hard to have a makeup like that and not get to do finals on it. It'd be extremely difficult. You'd have to really pick and choose your moments. Exactly. And, but there's got to be some understanding that you have to run in if you have to run in. Yeah, right. Like, if you're dealing with 11 prosthetic pieces. Yeah. And that wig tower. Yeah. I feel like you have to have, like, some kind of understanding of, like, unfortunately, just how crazy this makeup is. I will need to look at it. Yeah. And if Frances Hannon, like, has a relationship with... Wes Anderson from working with him, there should be that like mutual respect. Yeah, they probably have like that dialogue where it's like, okay, you don't want me to go in at all. I need to go in ten times. Let me go in five. Let <laughs> yes. us meet in the middle. <laughs> yes, and who knows? Like, I read this and might be completely wrong. Wes I've never worked gonna... with Wes Anderson, but this is what apparently he's like. Hmm. Well, now if we ever get to work with Wes Anderson, we'll see. <laughs> I love Fantastic Mr. Fox by him. I like that movie, too. I love all those kinds of movies, though. The, like, stop-motion animation. I love Dogs, as well. What was, like, one of his later ones. Oh, I haven't seen that one. It's really sweet. And, like, I just like clay puppet movies. Yeah, like Wallace and Gromit style. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. I obsess over movies. That was another one for you? That was another one as a kid. And The Corpse Bride, which I actually watched last night. Interesting choices. Good choices. Thank you. Wallace and Gromit is fantastic. I grew up with that, too. So cute. Yeah, and honestly, that is it for her look. Looks like herself, too. Mm-hmm. They weren't trying to transform her into anything, so it's, like, sculpted to her just to add that time. Mm-hmm. I really love her neck piece in it. Mm-hmm. I just find, like, old neck sculpts so satisfying when they, yeah. like, have the little two lines running down. Yeah. Wrong ter- terminology, but, like, the turkey neck. <laughs> I think, like, I, I've never sculpted or applied anything like that, but I work at a place where there is a character with that, and... I was looking at her silicone pieces the other day that we started to run, or had run, and I was just like, oh, this looks sick. <laughs> and then I started talking to my boss about the whole sculpting process for that and looking at all the photos. I don't know. You know when you just get obsessed? Like, you and the earlobes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, I'm going to make these the best fucking earlobes anyone's ever seen. No one's going to see them, but I'll know. And yeah. I'll know they're the best. Yeah. And you, I think you could easily, like, sculpt something to hide. For an earlobe, sorry. Like, you could sculpt an edge that could, like, tuck into... Oh, yeah. If you, like, just curled the... it into the ear and mm-hmm. then glued it behind the ear, I feel like it'd be really easy to... Nobody would see it. Yeah. All age makeups are fun. Mm-hmm. But, again, like, just painting silicone, like, it already gives you that translucency. And, obviously, you can add oil-based colors, I believe. Yeah, it's oil-based to make a silicone. Like, when you're tinting it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And just coloring silicone I'm basically getting at is, like, so intimidating towards me. Me, too. Mm-hmm. Me too. I Especially worked, skin. I haven't worked with silicone in the like fabricating stage much. I've applied silicone a little bit. Not even I haven't even applied it that much. But I definitely haven't run it that much. I've only like I'm just learning now how to run it, and it's just at work. They were walking me through it, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's like a different process. And it's intimidating. Sure. There's so many steps, and it's like chemicals. And, and because it's silicone, it has that level. I feel like because it's expensive, and it's yeah, like, where you're like, if I mess up. It's a lot of money. <laughs> Fuck me, right? 
comes out of my paycheck. So yeah. Uh, also, a fun fact is that the Grand Budapest Hotel doesn't exist. It is a tiny model that was made to represent it. That's so cute. Sad that for me, though, because I can't stay there. That is sad for you. But wouldn't it be fun if you could have the tiny model? No, I'd want to live in it. Oh. It's a beautiful hotel. Have you, you get a hamster? Interior? No, because then I'd be jealous of the hamster. Oh, your mom would like a guinea pig. Oh, she loves guinea pigs. Um, and she could have a Grand Budapest Hotel for her guinea pigs. That's true. That'd be fun for her. You know what? I shouldn't be so selfish. If I required the model of the Grand Budapest Hotel <laughs> that was shown in the movie, I would be absolutely flattered. <laughs> so I Christmas was... is coming, Wes. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wes. You got that model line around? <laughs> Sit in my way. My P.O. box in. <laughs> um, so when I was doing the research for this, uh, I read an article by Vanity Fair. It was somewhat helpful, but... I feel like the person that wrote it, or maybe didn't have the knowledge to write something of depth. Oh no. And they were just, it was obvious they were very unknowledgeable about prosthetic makeup. Yeah. <laughs> like me. Um, <laughs> you and me both, Vanity Fair. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, Coolia put rubber on her face. And that's just like all they said about the prosthetics. And I was just like, uh-huh. Oh, fun for her. They're like, hmm, sh- uh, yeah, no shit. <laughs> But a really helpful site that I want to give credit to was an article in the New York Times called The Carpet Bagger. And yeah, that was talking about the Oscar winnings and mm. I found a lot of cool stuff on there. And that is The Grand Budapest Hotel by me, Ruby, from Blush and Stuff. Goodbye, show's over. Uh, rude! No re-recording for you, friend. You know what? I'm out of here. No, don't. Please come back. I need you. <laughs> You're my best friend. Please don't leave. Takes one yawn so personally. <laughs> I know, I literally don't care, don't worry. Um, <laughs> this is a mess. Yeah, I can tell you don't care. <laughs> okay, that was a fun one. Thank you. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. No, it actually was really cool. I'm just gonna cry on my way home and listen to, like, my sad song playlist. <laughs> I don't actually have one, but I listened to a really sad song on the way on home from work yesterday, and I was like, I should really make a sad song playlist. <laughs> For these kinds of moods. Yeah. I have a sad song playlist. Did you ever have one when you were younger and you have songs that you listened to when you were younger and you're trying to be angsty, sad, and dramatic? I used to, like, type in on YouTube sad songs and just listen to, like, a 10-hour loop and sit in my room like, I hate everything. At, like, 15. (laughs) When now being nearly 25, I'm like, moron. (laughs) My songs, uh, when I was 15, I went through, like, a bit of an angsty phase at 15. Mm -hmm. I've told you about that before. Yeah. My biggest songs were All Star by Smash Mouth. (laughs) No comment. (laughs) Coupled with a variation of Bowling for Soup songs, oh. if you're familiar with their their yes. work. Yes, I am. And sometimes I'd mix in a little bit of, you know... No, that was pretty much it, actually. Did you ever listen to Blink-182? Yes. Yeah. I did listen to I listened to them a lot. Mm-hmm. Daniel's sad song is Bad Day. But, you know the song? It's like, you had a bad day. <laughs> when he was, like... Fantastic or, choice. I know, I know. When he was, like, 12 or 13, he... He told me that that was his, like, song that he'd come home from school and put on Linus Ben stare at the ceiling. Reminds me of Andy Bernard in The Office (laughs) when he's, like, manager for that brief time and he just always plays every night, closing time. (laughs) And they're all like, all right, Andy. (laughs) Like, getting their coats and leaving. Turning off the lights. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, friend. I'm gonna do... Monster. (gasps) Didn't see that coming. Mm-mm. That's called a curveball. 
Tell me more. Tell me more. Was it love at first sight? So monster. So monster came out in two thousand and three, starring Charlize Theron as Elaine Warnos, a convicted serial killer. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Not cool. Sorry, I shouldn't joke about that. That's actually horrific that people died because it, of her. It was. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. I'll be honest. <laughs> Not that your joke, but just her. Mm-hmm. It's so, an unfortunate situation. Super unfortunate. I was reading into her a little bit, like, when I was learning about this makeup, and she had a very sad childhood. And no one deserves that. You're it very... definitely makes you question, like, nurture versus nature. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Of, like, is somebody born evil, or are they raised in a situation where it makes them evil? Yeah. Because in her case, I would say that it's, she's raised in a situation where it made her evil. What's really sad that that's what unfortunately was her life yeah so a little bit of backstory about her so elaine warnos never met her father he was in prison when she was born and then was later diagnosed with schizophrenia became a convicted child sex crime offender and then eventually committed suicide while in prison that's so that was her dad and then that's awful we're just getting into it Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. And then her... Sorry, this just turned into a true crime podcast. I don't know if you guys missed the memo for that. <laughs> Keep up. <laughs> for the next three minutes. <laughs> when she was four years old, her mother abandoned her and her siblings, leaving them in the care of their alcoholic grandparents. By age 11, she would engage in sexual acts at school in exchange for cigarettes, food, and drugs. Jesus. Ch- yeah. As a child, her grandfather would sexually and physically abuse her on a regular basis, and then when she was 14, she gave birth to a baby after being raped by one of her grandfather's friends. Very crazy. That's Extremely, horrific. Yeah, and that's all before 14. Just you saying about her parents being not amazing humans and then hearing about her grandparents, it's just like, well, yeah, that was just like generationally passed down. Three generations of like really fucking sad stories and awful mm-hmm. humans. Yeah, that trauma clearly like carried over to her. and Yeah. So she ended up killing seven men, the first being a convicted rapist who she claimed assaulted her and the killing was self-defense. And the next six men, she admitted that they hadn't assaulted her, but she felt they were going to. They were all shot multiple times. So the movie Monster is based on her life and on her basically from when she's a young adult until her sentencing Mm. pretty much so monster came out in 2003 and it stars Charlize theron as elaine warnos i already said that but it's good to know so obviously Charlize theron is a beautiful model woman she's fantastic and looking (laughs) and acting double compliment from ruby a pure fine rose in the mist of thorns I've had too much coffee. Please hurry up. <laughs> so for this role, she had to go, she had to undergo a crazy transformation. She ended up gaining 30 pounds for this role. That's a lot. So that she would have a bit more weight on her face, obviously on her body. They shaved her eyebrows. Yep. They thinned her hair. And then they fried her hair. Fried? With chemicals. Dude, I'm still shocked. And you've already told me this. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't a wig. I thought it was a wig. It wasn't a wig. It's her real hair chemically like treated it as much as they could so that it was crispy and like dry would thin it down with like shears i know jeez she's committed (laughs) yeah she's she's actually so fantastic at her commitment to the craft yeah so the makeup artist for this was tony g hell yeah hell yeah 
Because of the film's budget, Tony G didn't have much um, wiggle room to use prosthetics. So she opted to use mostly just painting and then other ways of creating that skin texture. So they ended up sticking with minimal prosthetics, only putting them on her eyelids. Charlize Theron's eyebrows were bleached and the ends were shaved off to create more of an angry brow look. All of her skin texture was airbrushed on using thinned tattoo ink to create sun damaged, stressed looks, and then to paint on the capillaries. The broken capillaries. They have painted capillaries? Mm-hmm. You know, that stuff, nice. I guess. And then I'm assuming the skin texture would have been some kind of spatter. So and then a lot of alcohol-based paints and then tattoo inks. Yeah, exactly. I've never worked with tattoo inks to Neither have texture. I. Neither have I. And at first I wasn't sure if, like, the article I was reading maybe, like, got that wrong. Yeah. But I found two articles, and that's what she said she used was thin really tattoo inks. Intrigued by that. I know. Right on. Yeah. She looked like rugged. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it worked. And then they actually used green marble sealer to stipple on um, some texture around her face and on her skin to give that kind of rough, scarred. I love bumpy that. Look. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I've never used green marble sealer in that way either, because usually no. it's used to seal like prosthetics and pieces and stuff like that. Yeah. But she took it more as like a thickened, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Please go on. I completely understand what you're saying. Yeah. I've I've never thought to use it in that sense either. Mm-hmm. As yeah. a layer to your work instead of sealing it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean it would actually probably be beneficial because it would seal at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's like when men. Art Sakamoto, I'm really hoping that I'm not butchering that name. Art Sakamoto created the set of dentures that Charlize would wear. And that's how they created. So the dentures actually kind of moved her mouth forward to change the shape of her mouth a little bit. And then obviously they were stained and colored to look mm. like someone who wasn't maybe not taking care the best care of their teeth. Yeah. Teeth are so hard to make. Mm-hmm. So they actually make them look believable and not comical. Yeah, exactly. And then several versions of the teeth were mailed to Charlize well before filming started so that she could adjust to speaking with the new dentures. That's awesome. Because where they're, like, moving her mouth forward, she definitely, it would have been hard to... Oh, yeah. Like, think about just putting, like, fake teeth in. Just you drugstore Halloween kind of teeth. Like, how yeah. hard it is. And then I know, obviously, the ones that they're making are going to be far more superior than those and, like, better high quality. But still, it's, like... Especially if it's pushing out your lower jaw. Yeah. It's going to really affect. And she's Australian, too. No, yeah. she's not. No. Is no. She... No, she's not. I'm a liar. She's definitely not Australian. You're just on the South Australia train still. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I didn't know this either, but Charlize Theron was actually a producer on this film. And then she ended up winning Best Actress for her role. Which, fair enough, because she's for her. clearly very committed if she's like willing to sacrifice that many physical attributes of herself for yeah. this character. Um, I just looked it up. She's South Australia, uh, South African. South African. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Overall, I think a really great example of minimal makeup, but completely changing an actor's face. I also found something really cool. The director, I don't know if it was the director or writer, mm-hmm. but they had met with Elaine Warnos weeks before she, she ended up being sentenced to death. So a little while before her executions and they were coming and doing little interviews with her because they had kind of knew that they wanted to make a movie about this. Mm-hmm. And so they're like talking about, you know, they'd ask her questions about whatever and she'd answer. And then finally, before she died, she sent him a package of letters that she'd written while in prison. And they were very personal letters, stuff that she'd 
usually never told anybody else. And it kind of gave another layer to who she was as a person. Yeah. Beyond being a murderer. Mm-hmm. And the writer just said that he knows that the film won't necessarily bring sympathy to the situation, but he just wants people to understand that, like, there are circumstances at play in her life. Yeah. Just, like, awareness, you know? Yeah. And that's hard to, like, come across that because you want to be sensitive and empathetic to those people that did lose their lives. Yeah. That she did take and did murder. Mm-hmm. Um, but also make a film that is surrounding someone that unfortunately had a really, like, she had a shitty set of cards. Yeah. She had a bad hand. Yeah, she did. And that's really unfortunate. It's yeah. a hard, it's a hard medium. It's actually, like, a very good argument of both sides. Yeah, I mean, like, both sides, it's... It's difficult to... And would have been hard to make a film. Yeah. About that. So, I yeah, no, I think that they did... I think that they did a really good job. I think Charlize killed it. Love the makeup. Tony G. Tony killed G. It. Fantastic. She knows her stuff. She does know her Put stuff. Her in that green marble sealer. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much monster for you. I love that. I really like that it was just paint, too. Yeah, so minimal. And then the eyelid prosthetics. That was literally the only prosthetic she wore. <laughs> Putting an eyelid on someone terrifies me. Oh, same. Especially silicone. Don't open your eyes. Here or we else. Go. Here we go. I'm, I'm just going in. <laughs> yeah. Screams in head. And outward. Into, into the actor. Um, the actor's like, did you say something? I'm like, no, sorry. No. I'm, uh, I have a nasal condition. Give your own shot. <laughs> um, Don't look at me in the eyes. Another really good just paint-based makeup is Texas Dallas Bias Club with Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Yeah, just like people who are gifted and talented and have honed in that skill of just painting mm-hmm. it's just absolutely like insane what they can do and like it's so silly as makeup artist you are a painter you yeah. do all that you paint on a face but like there's some people that just get it oh there's some people they that just, just have an eye for like human skin and like, the way it changes mm-hmm. and the way it and the layers ages. yeah and they just know how to get that result yeah like i love it when i'm like working with someone and they'll look at someone's skin and they'll just name the list of paints from the brand or whatever that we need. Like, yeah. they'll just say the Illustrator palette colors. Or, like, when And I'm just like, like you are mind. <laughs> I like, too, when you're working with another artist and the artist is like, okay, so this person has a green undertone mm-hmm. there, a little bit of blue, it's a bit patchy here. Let's move that up with some olive adjuster. Like you said, and they just start rattling off the colors they need. And I'm like, man, the fact that you can look at that and within two seconds know the colors you need. It just sounds like a basic thing, but it's actually so much more harder once you're doing it. Yeah. That's the thing, is yeah. it? And it- I, I'm not there with my painting skills yet. I can, yeah, especially prosthetics or just, like, I feel like I can age skin and texture it really well. But, like, transforming someone or, like, adding, you know, like we're saying about Madame D's makeup and mm-hmm. Tilda Swinton, that texture and the paint for that. There's definitely a level up. And yeah, I'm not at that level it's up. It's a lot. And, like, ev- even, like, with tattoo covers, because you're, mm-hmm. you want to bring back... That's actually how we sound when we're applying an eyelid. (laughs) Um, I think even like tattoo covers, because you're taking away, when you're covering a tattoo, you're like completely covering 
the skin. So yeah. you don't want it to look just like a patch of bare skin on someone's arm. So you mm-hmm. want to add back like the red pore texture and freckling and all that stuff into it. And some people are so good at it. Oh yeah, they just like whack it on like it's nothing. And like within like two minutes they've covered this huge tattoo and you it's like... Yeah. I definitely got a lot of tattoo practice on one of our actors. Yeah. She has like a lot of like finger and arm tattoos and they're all really nice, but she uh, she can't have them for her character, so we cover them every morning for her. Yeah. And practicing on her every day has definitely I think that's awesome. Got me a little more confident in tattoo covers. It's such a good skill as a beginner makeup artist to have. And it's also what you're doing a lot of in the BG tent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so many times you are doing that. Mm-hmm. One time, I hear a wild story. Yep. It was in the BG tent. It was only me. I was the only extra assist that day. 35 BG, which I was like... Um, wow. It, it, it was non-union. Oh, there we are. Yeah, that's, that's definitely why. <laughs> so, uh, I get there. It was also a night shoot. My call time was 6 p.m. Oh my god, I love that for you. I know, it was like the most fun I've ever had. <laughs> so I get there, 6 p.m., the people... Or maybe it was... Five, no, I think I started makeup at 6 p.m., so my call time was, like, 5 or 5.30 or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm, like, getting there. There's a lot of people with tattoos. So I text the HOD. I'm, like, hey, how do you feel about tattoos? She's, like, yeah, it's fine, as long as they have clearance. I'm, like, sounds good. Because, for those of you guys who don't know, tattoos on film, unless the actor has specific clearance for that specific show, they can't show them because it's a loss what is it? It's a copyright issue with the artist. Yeah, so the tattoo artist could be like, oh, that's my tattoo that's shown on a TV show. I'm going to see that. That I definitely didn't approve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all these people have tattoos, like multiple people with sleeves, some people with back tattoos. Jesus. It's crazy. One lady had this huge neck tattoo. She had like a rose in the center of her neck. Mm, fantastic. I'm the only makeup artist. I have my little onset tattoo cover palette, <laughs> my little handy dandy, like, you know. Um, so all these people are coming in and I'm like, okay, yeah, no, you look great. Your tattoos though, do you have clearance for your tattoos? I swear to God, out of like the 20 people in that tent that had tattoos, probably three of them had clearance. For fuck's sake. <laughs> Was your palette empty by the end? Oh, yeah. Yeah. By the end of it, honestly, I was, like, covering patches and then just, like, changing patches. Yeah, like Like, you were just adjusting it in some way that wasn't original. Yeah, exactly. One girl had, like, a flower sleeve, so I, like, colored in some of her tattoos and, like, covered a couple of the flowers so that it was, like, Mm -hmm. a different tattoo. Mm. Because I was like, ain't nobody got time for this. Mm -hmm, It does. But I made it work. Hell yeah, you did. And I survived that day. Well done. Got home at 3 a.m. Lovely. 6 till 3 is not too bad. It actually, you know, no, it was was 6 a.m. Oh. No, I got home at 6 a.m. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah. That's pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Did you get stuck in morning traffic? No, I didn't have a car at the time. Oh, my God. Even better. This so I, story has layers. <laughs> so I get on the SkyTrain at 6. Oh. Drive back. I'm, like, falling asleep on the SkyTrain trying not to miss my stop. I, like, came home and I was literally a zombie. We've all been there, like, clutching your kit. Yeah. Hoping, like, no one tries to, like, <laughs> you know, see you Honestly, in a vulnerable situation. if somebody would have come up and stole my, stole my kit, I probably would have been like, you know what, the ticket is fine. <laughs> I don't have the energy. It's empty anyway. I've used all my fucking palettes <laughs> on tattoo cover. There's nothing in there. You want some empty plastic trays? Help yourself. <laughs> Jeremy. Oh. <laughs> he has a name. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I got home, like, waddled home. Couldn't get my key into the front door. I remember this night vividly. I called my dad, too, when I got off the train and I was walking home because the time change, it's four and a half hours ahead here. Yeah. 
or like ahead there. Mm-hmm. So it was like, by the time I got home, I think it was like around seven. Yeah. So it would have been 1130 there. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, what are you doing up right now? And I was like, oh, I just got home from work. <laughs> oh, Lord. He was like, oh, okay, well, go to bed. <laughs> I know, we've all been there. Night shoots. Good old night shoots, the bane of my existence. But you have a car now, and everything's okay. Life is good. Life is good. Honestly, that was also my first night shoot. Okay, so that's, that's rocky. I think I just wasn't ready for the the turmoil. Yeah, that causes. I think, too, with night shoots, like, once you kind of get in the hang of it, it gets easier. I think so, too. You know? I mean, when a sh- that production's, like flip-flopping from like day to night it's just like oh i'll just like i fucking lose half my brain and i've lost I'll, 10 years of my I was life i'm gonna say it's a fine i've done it seven years it's okay it's like, fine that isn't good that's just like yeah well i have no concept of life anymore you know what else i hate when they do when it's like morning shoots all week or not even morning but like say 10 a.m crew call mm-hmm. all week monday thursday monday tuesday Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> and then friday comes and crew calls 4 p.m. Yeah. And you're like... Because then that just writes off Saturday, too. Yeah, right? You're like, mm-hmm. well, great. I won't get home until 6 a.m. on Saturday. I'll sleep until 3 p.m. But hey, we made this bed. And we got to sleep in that it. we did. Yeah. we did. And on that note... <laughs> <laughs> this is Blush and Stuff, a makeup podcast by people that hate the makeup industry. <laughs> <laughs> Love makeup. Film. Questionable. Yeah, the jury's out. Like anything in the arts. Yeah. We love it, really. Yep. Sucker for punishment. (laughs) (laughs) This is getting really weird. Um, Um, Are we going to do a tip of the week? Or a (laughs) skill? The green marble's good enough. That was fantastic. (laughs) Do we have a product we like? Actually, you know a makeup product I've been really enjoying? Tell me. I've been really... Not even makeup product. It's a skincare product. I've recently started using the Eminence Stone Crop line. Fantastic. All of the products there? No, I lied to you. It's not the Stonecrop line. Oh. I've recently been using the Eminence Probiotic. Yeah. Do you know what one I'm talking yes, about? Yes, yeah, the uh, Probiotic Clear Face Moisturizer. Yeah, it's like, it's like designed for acne-prone skin. Mm-hmm. So I've been using their wash and their moisturizer. How's that working out? It's been so good. I use the Stonecrop face wash. I also love the Stonecrop line. Mm-hmm. And I also have their... They have an exfoliator, and I forget what it's called. It's like their, like, rhubarb strawberry extract exfoliator. It's like a um, derma exfoliant. Yeah, and it's, like, powder that you mix with water. Yeah. Also really nice. And they're a Vancouver company, which is pretty cool. I didn't know that. Mm Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, they're fantastic. I've been in um, a few trailers with the... I've been in a few trailers. Who am I kidding? Um, I've been in a a trailer (laughs) that carried that line, (laughs) and I loved using it. And Well, I didn't use it, but I loved... giving the actors the products and gaining more knowledge on them and then buying them for myself no actually like i'm not lying i didn't just like in the trailer where no one was in there washing my face quickly <laughs> they, it's a great line i really enjoy it they are really good and i can see results they're natural which is awesome mm-hmm. so yeah there's our product of the week enjoy try it out it's great it's so good that's all we got we're trying to be professional and we don't know how re-recording is fun <laughs> to future more re-records <laughs> or not hopefully hopefully never again <laughs> yeah who are we kidding yeah. next week yeah bye see you later thanks for listening <laughs>